Hi, I'm Irene Yanku, and this is my podcast. I have spent my entire career in dentistry learning. Learning about new technology, techniques to better my clinical skills, and now I'm a practice owner and leader. In life as a learner, I've noticed my truest love for learning has not been about teeth or what material is best to use for a core buildup. It's been learning about people in our dental community. The educators, scientists, clinicians, business owners, and advocates, their stories, their lives, their why, and their what's next. Getting to know them as humans, identifying how they work, what their rituals are, while highlighting them as the true trailblazers in dentistry. And that's what I do here on the show. So hold on to your suction. It's about to get slippery here on the Tooth or Dare podcast. Are you tired of feeling like a contortionist after a long day working in clinical practice? This message is brought to you by our sponsors at Designs for Vision, who are offering you a 45-day free trial of any of their loops, but I strongly encourage you to try their ergonomic loops called Infinity View. Say goodbye to your chin down, neck cranked, poor posture, dental procedure and practice. All you have to do is go to their website, submit a form in order to get your rep to reach out to you, get measured, and get your loops. And then you get 45 days to figure out if you like them or if there's anything that you want to change. You can just send them back, but I don't think you will. So buckle up, get ready to rock the Infinity View loops and say hello to a life filled with joy, comfort, and amazing posture. Thank you Designs for Vision for creating these beautiful loops. I can't go back to my old ones. Ever. Dr. Avi Patel, welcome back, friend. How are you? What's going on? It's not really I'm doing a, great. It's not really a welcome back if the first episode we recorded never made it up because it I, didn't record. I don't think anybody listening right now knows who I am. So <laughs> No, they know because I've already done your intro. They've already seen a clip of your YouTube. I've already they're experts at this point. They're probably oh, okay. already following you. Yeah, this is not uh, this is not a new rodeo here. Like, there's there's a detailed intro that's already gone into this, but Perfect. they don't know you as okay. a human yet. So I think we're yeah, missing we got this like deep hum- last time. humanistic approach. We definitely got deep. I want to go back to it because I've like purposely put it all out of my mind in order to mm. do this again. Um, so let's just start from the beginning. How are you today, first of all? Today, I'm great. Um, it's a bit of like a hybrid self-care day for me. I got oh. some, yeah, got some work done in the morning, in the wee hours of the morning, and then had some therapy. I, um, I've got a massage later, going to play some tennis. Um, wow, that is a self-care day. Yeah, it wasn't like intentionally planned. So I have like a like a monthly massage membership. And so it's always stressful, like planning a month in advance, like what day 
can I like afford to take time to go? But it's nice because it kind of like forces me to go and get it. Um, because I think all dental professionals should be taking care of their bodies, but yeah. And then it just like therapy is a weekly thing. So that gets popped in and it's just like, Oh, I'm also seeing like a, um, a clinic for like my gut health. So that's like, Oh, okay. We do. Yeah, we do like weekly check-ins and they have me on some like different like digestive enzymes. Probiotics and, like and things? Just kind of. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too deep. Pro- it's probably way more than yeah. just probiotics. I'm like, what do you mean like probiotics? I know what those are. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a probiotic yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Well, let's. That. Before we get into the human that you are today, which is a very impressive person, let's talk about your journey to becoming the person that you are now. And when we recorded our kind of first episode um, at Voices of Dentistry, um, I learned a lot about you um, and how you got into dentistry, things that you've discovered about yourself, about practicing as a dentist. And now you've done some really cool things with starting online courses for clear aligner therapy, like mentoring doctors, some that are younger than you, some that are older than you. Um, and I think that that's really cool that you've been able to do that in a relatively short period of time. You haven't been practicing for that long and you've really buckled no. up. And I think when we last spoke, you owed a lot of that to your wife or part of it, maybe a lot of it. How much of it would you say is significantly say she, influenced? She, catalyst for sure. Like she cool. kind of unleashed the beast and then the beast from within just like took off. I love that. So tell us a little yeah. bit about, you know, you, where, where, where did you grow up? Where did you come from? Um, what's your background in life, yeah. not dentistry? So bef- before me, there were my parents, right? Yeah. <laughs> so my parents. The 1.0, uh, the 1.0s? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my dad was born in Zimbabwe and then moved to America when he was 16 with the rest of the family. My mom was born in, um, she was born in London, and then she moved to California with her family when she was very young as well. And then I was born in California, just outside of Los Angeles. And when we were young, or when I was young, we moved cross country, and I spent a couple years in Georgia, but most Hmm. of my childhood was in Jacksonville, Florida. And then I went to high school there, all that good stuff. And then went to wow. undergrad for college in Orlando uh, at UCF. Majored in biology, graduated in three years, and then went to NYU for dental school. And then started practicing in the Northeast as of 2018. And then we moved down to Austin. So I've been all over. Hmm. What was that like growing up, moving around so much? Like, how did you find, um, did you acclimate well or did you have a hard time? So the move from California to Georgia happened when I was like an infant. So don't remember that. But Georgia to Jacksonville was actually interesting. So when I was in kindergarten, we were still living in Georgia, but the schools were good in Jacksonville, which is like 45 minutes away. So my parents would actually drive um, me and my cousin 
because we all lived in one house. Basically, my dad's family and then my dad's brother's family, we all lived in one home with the grandparents. Mm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they, uh, my mom and my aunt basically like would drive us down to Jacksonville in the morning, like leave at 6 a.m. or 6.30 in the morning, get to school. To go to school. Yeah. And then my, um, some of our like family friends who lived in Jacksonville that my parents knew, they would pick me up. So my parents wouldn't pick me up from school because they were still in Georgia um, running the Is that uh, allowed? hotels. Like, it was definitely like here not you're allowed. Not al- here you're not allowed to go to school outside of your district if you're going to a public oh, school. Like you can't. They check your here. postal codes. They like send you mail. Like they literally will have someone knock on your door and be like, "Excuse me, do you actually live here, or are you just sending your child to a better school?" So yeah, my parents definitely are opportunistic by nature, and so they <laughs> they, they they knew that the schools were better and the schools and and they knew that they want like we were gonna eventually move to Jacksonville, but. Yeah, it was a brand new school. Um, I actually had to memorize that address. Like I was probably six years old, five years old, and I rem- and I like remember being like told to remember this address, like in case oh, of emergency. Wow. This is what you have to know. You have and to go to was, this house. <laughs> yeah. Pretend like you live all, there. And it was also because if anybody like questioned me, I was supposed to say that address so that way it wouldn't get caught, and I didn't get caught. So. That's a lot of pressure for a little person. Lots of pressure. Lots of pressure. <laughs> How do you like make friends and like not be able to like there's no going home for lunch for you or no. like I remember being in running club like we would do running club at our school in elementary school and we would run through the neighborhood during lunch breaks mm. or first thing in the morning to like prepare for track and field meets. And like everyone would point out where they live. They'd be like, I live on this street. I'm like, I live in that apartment. You see my trophy in the window? Like you would just be like. Yeah. Nope. So get this. <laughs> so that was elementary school, right? And like you would think that, oh, you know, once we move to Jacksonville, like everything's going to be great. Like I'll be able to use the real home address. I only got to use my real home address for maybe three years. So like third, um, yeah, like second through fifth grade. Because then once middle school came about, my mom wanted us to go to a different public school in Ponte Vedra, which was like another like 35 minutes away. Um, oh and then God. ever since then, all throughout high school, I had to use a different address. Yeah. And, um, and so I never got I mean, to I like point out my home and friends really weren't coming over. I was going to other people's Of course not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course not. It's like. Let's go over to Abby's house. Uh, sorry, my mom's cleaning the floors. <laughs> yeah, it was so it was super awkward in middle school. But then by the time high school came around, like a lot of my friends like knew that I just didn't live in Ponte Vedra. And so that was the area. And so but then like, yeah, the back half of high school, I started having friends come over. And um, cool. Yeah, that was cool. Did you did you always know you wanted to get into dentistry? Like in high school, were you were you like must get into dents? What no, was the, uh, how did that was like, like come about? I was so I always wanted to be a basketball player. Like I was convinced. Like it wasn't until how I was like sixteen. You? I'm are you five that ten. Tall? Five oh, ten. No. I'm very average. No, but <laughs> I was. I've been five ten since like the sixth grade. So like, oh, I was very tall back in the day, and so I also loved sports. Um, 
And so, yeah, I thought I was going to be in the NBA. And then I got to high school and I went from being the tallest kid to the shortest because all my friends grew up, like grew like all my friends from high school are like over six feet tall. And um, yeah, then I just kind of ate my humble pie and was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to, you know, maybe be like a sports agent or like a sports medical doctor, because then that's where Mm. my parents were like, you know, you should use your brain and don't rely on like physical skills and whatnot. So then it was like kind of sports med for a little bit. Like I just wanted to be around that. Um, but then dentistry came into the picture because I, um, I went to go visit my uncle up in New York and kind of went to like shadow him and just also just see like, what is, what's this dentistry about? Uh, what does it look like to be a dentist? And yeah, I thought he had like a cool life. Like I was like, like I said, like 16 and his life looked sweet. Like he was working like four days a week. Guy was always like golfing, traveling the world with his family. Uh, yeah. Had a nice house. I think you told me he had like a baller house. Yeah. Like you would like always a, go so, over there and be like, wow. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then, you know, and then obviously the patient aspect. It's like, okay, cool. Like he's getting people out of pain. He's helping other people. It's like, I can, I can do this. Like this seems like mm-hmm. something that I want to do. And then the tipping point was... During that trip, when I was staying there, he had a dinner party and one of his friends was a neurosurgeon and my uncle was like having a blast and this neurosurgeon's like talking to me, this like 16 year old, um, not really in the party necessarily. And then he's just like, you know, you got to choose. Do you want to go to medical school? Was he on call? He was on call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, do you want to, do you want to be a physician or do you want to go to dentist? Like, do you want to be, be on call 80% of your life <laughs> or like do you want to be like your uncle? Yeah. yeah. It's like, so you I work mean, there hospital. are some dentists and people that are affiliated with hospitals that are also on call, but you chose the like non on call often route. I yeah. was just like, I'm not a hospital guy. Like I'm just not a hospital guy, you know? Um, I mean, you look like you could so, be on this set of like Scrubs or something or Grey's Anatomy. Okay, thanks. I'll take that as a compliment. But on set <laughs> is different from the actual hospital. <laughs> True. Real. Right. Okay. I see. I see. Yes. Um, True. Nice. So, okay. So yeah. $500,000 like, cool. debt from NYU later, half a million bucks. Yep. How's that feeling? It's okay. I just kind of pretend like it's not, you know, there. <laughs> You weren't forgiven? Isn't that a thing that's happening in the US right now? Like debts being forgiven? So it's like kind of what's going on right now is they're like pausing the repayments. So no interest is accruing. However, um, I refinanced the first time they said that was going to happen because they were like, oh, we're not going to do this anymore. All loans are going to resume. So I was like, cool, like maybe Mm. this is a good time to refinance. And then they're like, just kidding. You have six more months, but by the time they said "just kidding," I had already I had already refinanced, and you can't go back. So, and then they said "just kidding." I think like three more times, um, but the loans yeah, are still going to be there. But yeah, right, yeah, that's a big big pill to swallow in many instances. I mean, like the cost of dental school, medical school, school in general is just ridiculous. I have some patients that live in Germany, and in Germany. Mm. Dental care is free. Medical care is free. Education is free. Like so many frees. I think, uh, I think dentists and like just people in dentistry in like Europe and stuff, like they get also like paid time off. Right. 
so many countries have like mandatory days off, like months off. Someone lives in Norway that I know. And she's like, yeah, mm. I get 12 weeks of vacation a year, like 12 weeks of vacation moving to Norway. <laughs> We're I've going out. Thing. I think, I think Norway, it's either Norway or Sweden. They like Sweden's like in. that too. Yeah. yeah they, they don't, don't want people you need to like marry in, a Swede. Yeah. Because of these too reasons. Late. Too late. It's too late for us. What are we going to do? We're going to have to figure it out somehow. Um, I want to talk about a couple of these things that you've implemented into your life. And I I know the answers, but I want you to say them again because it was so profound and impactful when we first spoke. And we'll get into the stuff. Like we'll get into the clear aligner stuff. We'll get into your YouTube channel, which I think is the the product that everyone sees. But the reality Mm -hmm. is that takes a lot of work. And it's not just physical work, editing work, content creation work. It's like the work of on you, on yourself. Um, Mm. And there was a moment at one point where something happened. Um, What was that change for you to go from moving from one practice to the next to becoming a more spiritual guy? Or in how do you consider would you consider yourself like internally spiritual i think yeah it's more like um i would say it's aware spiritual aware energy based something yeah in that category um but yeah i think yeah without getting like too in the weeds about just kind of the journey graduating had about eight associateships in my first two years so a lot of hardship a lot of just having to, you know, either get, um, I would be get, I would like be fired from practices, um, get let go with like little to no notice, um, having to kind of like literally just move on. Right. And like, just push forward Mm. and keep going. And I, um, I never really, um, like sulked. I kind of was more of just like, okay, I'm just going to go into the next opportunity with an open mind and try to, you know, learn more and do better. And I, um, I just kept kind of like pushing forward and then ultimately, which is what led to us leaving the Northeast coming down to Texas. But then, um, and then when I was here, it was like throughout all those experiences and all those different offices that I worked at, like I learned, like I saw eight different ways to do dentistry. That's what I like to say. Hmm. And with that, it would help me kind of figure out more about like, okay, who am I? Like what, how do I want to practice and whatnot? Um, and you know, there's no playbook for that. Like, that's just, that's just life. Like everyone's journey is going to be different. And then kind of the, the switch for me was I started to light up, um, because I'd found a procedure that I was, you know, super interested in doing and, and it kind of checked a lot of boxes for me, but I did a lot of like mental work, a lot of, um, emotional work. I was, Essentially, um, I was in therapy right before our wedding, which was 2019. And what drove me to go to therapy was a lot of stress from um, from like the wedding planning. I didn't like necessarily mm. plan everything. That was my wife, but it was um, her name's Neha. I'm just gonna say Neha because I'm sure she'll come up throughout this this podcast. But um, yeah, I started to like take out like my frustration on her. And they say like, you know, you always take out um, emotions and things like on people you love the most. And so, you Mm. know, that's what was happening. 
I didn't know what the source was and that also wasn't fair to her. So then ultimately I just wanted to be a better person. I wanted to be a better husband. I wanted to be a better version of myself. I had no idea what that looked like. So I got help and I went to therapy and I started taking therapy very seriously. I was doing it every week. Uh, any takeaways, action items, whatever you want to call it, I would go implement it. And I just like believed and trusted that like, if I do what this woman is telling me to do, my therapist, um, I will probably be in a better place. Right. And so the initial goal with that was like, okay, I just don't want to hate my family at my wedding because there was just like a lot of tension there. And it was a lot to do. Uh, it was mainly with my dad and you know, my goal was just like, yeah, I just want to get to the wedding and enjoy it and not like hate my family because this is going to be an extremely memorable moment in my life. And I don't want there to be bad kind of energy, bad vibes there. And it worked. Like I, I learned what detachment was. I learned, you know, that I can't make someone else change, right? You have to, as a person, essentially almost like work on your expectations of Kind of what you um, see in other people, or kind of how you hold others, and mm. you have to understand that like you can still love somebody and care about them, but you don't have to be so emotionally invested into them, and you also can't solve other people's problems. Like that was my biggest takeaway, and like that was like yeah, life changing. Um, my relationship with my family is a lot better now. Um, you know, there's a lot more to it, but that's kind of the high level. Yeah. It's never as easy as like, oh, we made up. Like it's layered yeah. and it's heavy and it's deep. And it probably stems back to something to do with not having a permanent address you can bring your friends home to. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah, gotta sure be that's... there's gotta be a sliver of the like, you never let me have people over because I always had to pretend I didn't live nearby. <laughs> like there's I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's not that whole thing but there's there's you know it's it's it every little cut from oh, yeah. being a young human at all adds we've talked i've talked about this on the podcast before um and sometimes the smarter people the ones that are uh the most driven like mm -hmm. us um are affected by it but don't realize it until all of these things surface and in, in yep. your in your case, you know this reactiveness towards the person, the human you love the most. Um, but sometimes it can be the opposite. It could be like reversal, like moving away from the people that you love the most because you're internalizing. So I don't, everyone handles these things differently. You happened to be perhaps a lucky one that was able to identify it because it was a change outward versus let internal struggle that a lot of us face um so i'm proud of you i'm so proud of thank you. you that's like thank a big you. that's huge like it really is huge um, no it's massive because that's like yeah that was the first domino in my opinion for me to understand more about like who i am as a person right like yeah you always everybody hears it like be real be authentic be genuine be you right um i mean now I have a lot more clarity about who I am. I'm a, a lot. I, and here's the thing, right? Is like, I used to think that I was comfortable in my own skin. But now looking back at who I was in high school, in college, dental school, a couple years out of dental school, 
that wasn't me. I was a chameleon. Like I was, I was a chameleon. I was trying to fit in, but I didn't know that I was trying to fit in. And I just think inherently we all do that. And the only way you're going to know is if you actually take the time to do that self work, right? Whether, and you know, and, and therapy helps with it, right? Therapy is a tool. And I just think a lot of people think, oh, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. My life is not in shambles. So I don't need to go to therapy. Um, but it's not even about that because yeah, that was my like snippet of time where I worked on some, where there was an issue, but where I really made strides was like, um, a year later, like kind of during the pandemic or whatever, 20, I forget the exact time, like 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, that's when I was like, things were good. Right. I had this new job. I was doing things that I felt empowered. I felt proud. And so I, I actually wanted a place to like celebrate that and talk about the wins because those are things that I don't think we talk about enough. Right. It's always just like, I achieve something, keep going. Like, you know, this is nothing I can do more. Um, so just also using therapy in a positive light was like super powerful Mm -hmm. because then when life threw curveballs at me, I was able to kind of bring myself back up to like equilibrium, um, and not fall into a dark hole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what are those? Did I, I was that the I moment that you wanted me to say, or was there something else? No, I think I think so. Like I think, <laughs> you know, I don't know if there was an actual moment. I think I remember like the the conversation about your wedding and the stressfulness of that, yeah. and the family uh, interactions that were just you know they were all over the place. And at times we have those, and 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 we just do nothing with it. We like we're like mm-hmm. oh, family is family. Like I'm currently dealing with something with my dad, which is really rough. And, um, and it's just, you have to have the time you brush it off as like, oh, well, they're just old and senile. And eventually, you know, the, they're stuck in their own ways, but you did something about it, which improved that relationship, which is wonderful. And I think that more people should, I'm sure if someone reached out to you say, how do I do this? You would probably help them. Maybe I will. Oh, I would welcome it with open arms. I love talking about this it's, stuff. It, I have an interesting question for you. Um, yeah. So when you decided to get into dentistry, you looked at your uncle and he modeled this successful doctor, did the golf thing, had the fancy house, the beautiful lifestyle, and you modeled success on that. I'd love to know how you model success today. Is it the mm. same as you thought when you were 16 or does the word no. success mean something different to you now? Literally talked about this in therapy this morning. Uh, like what is success? I was right? there. I listened. And I was, I was the yeah. fly on the wall. <laughs> it's um, like, what's that buzzing? Oh, it's Irene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what would you, how um, would you define, how would you define your, the shift? Like when was the moment where you're like, no, Uncle Robbie's life was chaotic. Mm-hmm. That wasn't success. I don't know. I don't know if I ever, yeah, like did that comparison. I think what it was was more because there was like, I knew what hardship looked like in my own life because of my own experiences. And then I think, I don't know if it's because I was in just such like a dark place of like, holy crap, did I even choose the right profession or what am I doing? Um, but to me, success means that you are, you have the ability 
um, of like optionality when it comes to how like time, right? Like a lot of people feel trapped. A lot of people feel like they don't have time. A lot of people feel like they don't have control over like their life. And it's like success to me is like, if you get to a place where you learn how to live with intentionality and maximize like your options. And that might be like kind of like a broad general term, but I feel like if you, def- if you like try to get too granular and try to like put number, like notice I'm not even talking about income levels. Cause I'm finding, I'm finding out that like, if you live your day, like if you live your life each day where you have your, your time dedicated to things that bring you happiness, things that make you feel fulfilled, things that make you feel like you have a purpose. That's success in my opinion. Um, and it's crazy because like, I feel like I'm, I'm already there. Like I'm not playing the game of life to chase success. Like I've actually looked in the mirror and had to like, tell myself like, okay, this is, this is it. This is success. And not like a, this is it. game is over. It's more of a like, Hey, this is it. This is awesome. Like, let's just like, let's just stay at this pace. Like, let's stay right here. Um, because mm. that, I think that mindset allows you to still be open and welcome new opportunities, but not feel like you're not there. And like, it's crazy. Cause I'm a very, I can be extremely competitive person, very goal oriented. I'd still definitely have goals. Like I have things that I'm working towards, but like being more successful is not a thing. Cause I already truly believe that like I am successful with this life that I'm living right now. And talk to me about a year and a half ago, not the case. Um, what did you think a year and a half ago? If you were to to use like five, five words, what words would you use to describe success five years ago or a year ago, Um, two years ago, whenever? Probably like money, um, notoriety, um, luxury, like very vain, like all these like vain things. And it's just like, I actually look at it and it's like, and I'm not saying that like you need to be. Like I'm all about wearing like, you know, flip flops and like trash things. Like I still like nice things, but it's more of a, like, that's not the, that doesn't, that's not the, the quiet luxuries. Yeah. Sure. But that's not the definition. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's those, that's kind of, I think where my mindset was. And I think a lot of other, you know, dental professionals to some degree kind of have that. A lot of people have that. Forget dental professionals. Um, and I so used it's to. like, Yeah. And I think you do. And I think naturally, I used to think that a closet full of designer stuff was success. And, and it's so funny because I still have a lot of it. I don't buy Mm -hmm. a lot of it anymore, but I still have a lot of it. And that was my definition. Like I've been in the industry 17 years. And I remember with my very first paycheck, I bought my very first Louis Vuitton purse. And I was was spent the whole, the whole paycheck almost, um, (laughs) And, and I thought that was it. I made it. Now I have this never full. So now I have multiple never fulls that are never full because they're sitting in my closet. And, and it was that perceived luxury is success. And, and my, and I want to go a little bit in on that. Like, I truly believe though, that like as individuals, like in healthcare, like when you have to bust your ass to get through the shit that we've had to get through and then continue to have to go through this, what I call this shit. Um, yeah. 
yeah, it feels good to buy nice stuff. Like it does, right? Like <clears throat> when I when I came out, I wasn't making a lot of money, so I didn't have like splash purchases. My first like splash purchase was a um, it was a YSL bag for my wife for our one year anniversary. Aww. And like that was like the first time that I bought something that expensive for her. And we had been together for 11 years, like dating wow. for 10 and then married for one. And so like that was like and I felt it felt great because I was just like, this is awesome. Like felt so nice to like go in the store, like buy it, the whole process. So like, yeah, you know, the first it's an experience. Was, did you get a glass of yeah. champagne? <laughs> um, yeah, I did. Actually, it was great. <laughs> mm. Um so like all that stuff feels good. And then even like um, my car, like uh, first car I actually had to buy, not because I wanted it. It's because I was having to commute an hour and a half out of New York City to, to Connecticut. And so I, to, I, I financed a Honda Accord, not my dream car. You asked me like, uh, like what car are you going to get after dental school? I would not have said a Honda Accord, but I did it <laughs> and it was out of need. Right. But then, um, and nothing against Honda Accords. Love that car. Hey, they're but a workhorse, came- man. They're awesome. That car is, that, yeah. I mean, that car is great. I'm probably going to get one in the future again for just, <laughs> just the way that it's it just, it's a great you car. You should get the um, same one. You should drive the exact same one. Go and find yeah. whoever was, whoever purchased like, yeah, it I'm from gonna you. Need that, I'm going to need that back. I'm going to need that back now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but my moment, right? My moment of feeling good was I got a BMW when we moved down to Austin. Like things were good. Like you know, income was going up and I got, I got a Beamer and I didn't think I would be that guy, but I test drove like that whole car buying experience was awesome. Like, cause we knew we needed one. We were getting at a point where like the value on the Honda Accord was still high. So if we traded it in, like I would actually get some money back. And this was right before that whole chip shortage thing happened. So it was like perfect time because after that, nobody could get a car, but I test drove or a camera or anything. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't get anything, but it, it was awesome because I test drove Porsches, Beamers, Mercedes Benz, Audi, all of it. I was like, yeah, I don't first I convinced myself that I was going to get like a two seater Porsche. My wife let me think that for 24 hours and then she like cut that dream real. She's like, get real. We need a back seat. And I was just like, you, Why? You, just we have two. a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he'll just sit we in have your a lap. Dog. It's totally fine. And she's no, just like, not yeah, safe. No. Yeah. And this is like, right. Like still there were people weren't traveling. So I'm like, yeah, no one even visits anyways. Yeah. Like, but anyways, um, yeah. yeah, like I had that. Interesting. And I also, so bringing that home, like, I just think it's okay to think like that and do it. But I think also after you do it, you kind of also feel like it's that, okay, now what? Right. Or it's just like, okay, that was a great feeling. And then now it's like over. Um, so I don't know. I feel like taking that and then turning to gratitude and being grateful for like what you have, where you're at. And then knowing that you don't have to keep doing that. Like I don't need to get every single model of the BMW. Like I can, you know what I mean? Like I sure. can, I can have it and enjoy it. Um, so I think it's like, sure. it's, it's good to reward yourself, but at the same time, don't feel like that's something that you have to keep up and keep doing. Yeah. I mean, some people live their whole lives thinking that, you know, that's just the way that, it is. And I mean, that's okay. If that is what brings, if that's what brings you true joy and it's not mm-hmm. something that is just like covering up layers of other stuff, which happens. Hey, I'm not a therapist, so I don't, I don't think I'm qualified sure? to make judgments. You sure I about think that? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> 
I don't think I'm qualified enough to make judgments. So um, I think this no. is a great part one. I think we should leave it here and let the people want more for our part two, where we talk about your YouTube channel and where we talk nice. about um, your clear aligner bootcamp, which I just watched an Instagram thing uh, over. So stay tuned for oh, next yeah. week's episode peeps. Yeah. It was, it wasn't even a paid ad. It was totally organic came through organically. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for next week's episode with Dr. Avi, where we're going to talk all things ortho and clear aligner therapy. You're going to say bye to the peeps. Bye everybody. I will see you in the next episode. Oh, hey, so you made it all the way to the end. Thank you for sticking around. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, found it informative, entertaining, and of course, as per usual, find me hilarious. If you liked what you heard, it would really mean a lot to me if you could show your support by liking, commenting, or sharing this episode with a friend or family member. Your feedback and engagement helped me get on the mic today, and it would also improve our future shows and reach more people who maybe could benefit from our content as well. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to my podcast on your favorite platform or on YouTube. Follow along on this crazy journey with me at toothlife.irene and at toothordare.podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That way you'll be the first to know when episodes are released and you won't miss a beat. I appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you more great episodes in the future. From my team to yours, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the flip side.